are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. It's your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Thursday edition of the show alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. This is episode number four of five this week, downloaded into your phone when you subscribe to Locked On Eagles on any podcast platform. Yesterday, Gino dived deep into the two signings the Eagles made between offense and defense. They re-signed Jordan Howard at running back for one more year to complement Miles Sanders and Boston Scott in the backfield, kind of reuniting that 2019 backfield. And then on defense, they made a pretty big splash, you know, bringing in Eric Wilson, the former Minnesota Vikings linebacker. And so it kind of reminds me of in 2017 when you brought in Patrick Robinson at the end of free agency, Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt. You look at Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson, both from the Vikings defense. I think those two are great value one-year signings, and I think they're going to be key and kind of the backbone of your second and third level of the defense this year. I put a tweet out yesterday that it's kind of like what Jim Schwartz did when he came in in 2016 when he brought in Leotis McKelvin, who stunk, of course. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Bradham, who wasn't half bad, Super Bowl champion. Yep. And then the single funniest introductory press conference intro I've ever heard in my life. I think uh, Jimmy Kemsky also like references it time to time. Hello, my name is Ron Brooks. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Ron Brooks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what a great, uh, great intro presser yeah. that he had. But That's I, all I he like did the, well here, though, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, definitely, no. But he was in the NFL for a little bit. These moves in Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson, I mean, you're not even paying $9 million to take a look at both of these guys who are in their later 20s. Wilson's 26, Anthony Harris is 28, about to be 29. But right in that territory we were talking about, Lou, like, Anthony Harris is where he is because of the franchise tag, so he's a little farther along in his career than a guy like Wilson, who this is now his fifth season in the NFL. We were talking about guys like this when we were talking about the types of signings we should look at, especially at this position. I relate this signing, Lou, not as much to the 2017 offseason. I think this is the closest signing we've had to LJ Fort. Sure. Let's just hope they actually keep him around. I was going to say, hopefully we actually use him then. Yeah, I mean, when you looked at it, LJ Fort kind of was that guy. He was kind of that fourth linebacker for Pittsburgh, and he didn't get his shot until his contract year, and that was only for a couple games. Comes here, unfortunately, Jim Schwartz doesn't know what he's doing and kicks him out of town, and then he goes to Baltimore, and he's a pretty good linebacker. This move in Wilson, you saw what he was for a full season last year, and in this type of defense, Lou, with the versatility I said on yesterday's show – This now opens up the book to just play chess with everybody because you have a guy who can cover in Eric Wilson who could play against tight ends. If you want to go more speed, you have Jannard Avery now at the outside linebacker position. Throw him in there to blitz. You have Alex Singleton. You have Davion Taylor who's just untapped at this point. Sean Bradley. I mean, it's a pretty good room. And and we haven't even mentioned TJ Edwards who's probably the best tackler out of all of them. Mm -hmm. So you could just throw the entire book at offenses now from that linebacker position. We talk about the defensive secondary having versatility. I think this is one of those signings. Same with Anthony Harris. Both of these individuals come from playing under Jonathan Gannon 
in Minnesota. So it makes a ton of sense. And I believe that Wilson signing is a much better signing than any of the linebackers they've had in the last couple of years that didn't even make it through camp. So I believe Wilson is going to start on this team. And uh, I think this pushes down the need for linebacker in the draft. And you look at it right now, Lou, they have eight linebackers under contract. They only keep six, maybe. So, I mean, do you even have to add one in the draft? I don't think so. I mean, and that's the Eric Wilson is kind of like, so I'm comparing it to 2017 Gino in the sense that it's kind of later on in free agency. It's really good value for key players on defense like Chris Long, like Patrick Robinson, but it's more so Harris and Wilson could be more like the 2016 signings of, let's say Rodney McLeod, where it's a good value signing, but also it could be a long-term piece. Rodney McLeod's been a backbone of your defense for five years now. Eric Wilson is only 26 years old, so yeah, he's on a one-year contract, but Gino, next year when the salary cap goes up, if he continues to look really good, especially in coverage, PFF's 27th highest-graded coverage linebacker last year across the NFL, then he's a guy that you know you probably want long-term. You got pieces at linebacker, Singleton, the untapped potential of Davian Taylor. Sean Bradley showed flashes last year. T.G. Edwards is reliable, especially against the run. But, you know, you don't have that. Me and you don't really value linebacker as much compared to other positions, but we do value that one role of that every down linebacker. And I think Eric Wilson could be that for you long term. Again, it's not as important as a CB1, as an edge rusher, as your top safety But at the same time, you look at what Nigel Bradham did for this team in 2017 and 2018. Jordan Hicks, when he was healthy, Michael Kendricks in that final season in 2017 with the Birds, they did benefit from having good linebacker play. And I think this year you might have the best linebacker play you've had arguably since 2018. So it's not just Wilson, but Alex Singleton last year at the end of the year got hot and really earned the right to be probably that second linebacker that plays the majority of snaps alongside Wilson. So I'm pretty excited about the linebacker room like you, even if they don't take another guy in this draft. Yeah, I'm not going to say they're going to be a top 10 linebacking no, unit. And but you can get by, all. and that's all I care about at linebacker, honestly. No, I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. I don't, you don't want, want it to be, to be like, it doesn't have to be a strength, linebacker. but it doesn't. Right. I don't want it to be a weakness Was like it was last year. Yeah, I mean, you, you absolutely have to have guys that can cover, and I think that's what they're trying to continue to do. And I saw a quote that said, I forgot who tweeted it and it was from somebody else i wish i saved it but i didn't of course because i'm a sporadic brain here with all this anxiety (laughs) just built up up there thinking about the draft you know you and me both it said running backs and linebackers should be treated the same they should always be a day two or later pick and you should always load up on a couple of them and if you look at it in terms of the draft that's kind of what the eagles have done in the past like last year they load up on linebacker third round pick they get another one later in the draft they've gone and got running backs they get Miles Sanders as a high priority and then they load up later on in undrafted free agency they look to other teams uh practice squads to go and get guys like that and then they're looking now if you take that analogy and put it in terms of free agency they're looking at that second and third tier which is almost like the second and third day of the draft so that's kind of what they're doing now in the two positions that I just mentioned running back and linebacker, they hit on both of those yesterday. They're never going to pay a running back a ton of money. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Miles Sanders, Lou. Like, that's the one thing I'm just dreading to bring up on this show is the Miles Sanders contract situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to pay him like a, a guy like Christian McCaffrey. And if he believes that he can be that type of level, he's going to want that type of money. But at the sure. same time, if they continue what they do, in terms of running back and load up late and do the same with linebacker, 
I believe they can get by. And they have good players now at running back. They have a few that they can see who could be the third or fourth guy. And then the same with linebacker. Like you're going to have true competition at both of those spots this year. And it's going to be good to see because not only is it good to see competition, it's good to see athletic players. Like we're not going to have to worry about Zach Brown coming in here knowing that he can't run. Like Wilson can run, bro. Like Singleton has gotten better. He can run. Davian Taylor can run. Sean that might Bradley be all Davian Taylor can do right now. <laughs> yeah, right now. I mean, you know? we'll see what else he can do. But that's what you want from your linebacking core, just guys that can get sideline to sideline, guys that are going to be able to make plays on the outside, not guys like Nate Geary, guys that have athleticism like the couple guys that we just mentioned on the roster. So let me ask you, because I think it's going to be a foregone conclusion that Eric Wilson is your every down linebacker. Elk Singleton will probably get the second most snaps at the position. Who do you think will be the third linebacker in base situations? I think TJ Edwards is probably the favorite just with his strength against the run and tackling. But Gino, they did invest a third round pick in a talented prospect in Davian Taylor. And so I do want to see him get a fair chance and honestly a chance for that second linebacker role over Singleton. I think Singleton's the favorite right now and Taylor has shown nothing to make you play him over Singleton, but he checks all the boxes in a guy that could also be in every down linebacker. So I think it'll probably be to start. It'll be Singleton, Wilson, and Edwards. But I do want to see through the development of Davian Taylor and also Sean Bradley flashed at times as well last year. So you kind of have an insurance policy if Taylor and Singleton don't really work out and maybe Wilson next year leaves for free agency. So I think it'll probably be Edwards to start, but I'm rooting for it to be Taylor. Another thing that I mentioned on the show yesterday was that I wouldn't be shocked if that you don't even see a guy start 16 games. Like it wouldn't shock me if four, three or four of these guys started 12 games. Linebacker and a couple by of committee? Them start, linebacker by committee, my friend. I mean, well, if there's a game where you have to get big against a team that has bigger backs, like if you're playing the Packers, for example, right, and they have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones – and they throw A.J. Dillon out there, right? You're going to want to throw T.J. Edwards in the middle of your defense. But then if they throw Aaron Jones out there, who you know is probably going to be a receiving threat, you want Wilson, you want Davian Taylor. You'll probably throw Singleton into the mic in that situation to get him into a situation where he could tackle if necessary and have better coverage ability than a guy like Edwards, but kind of just trading off what the guys do good for what the other players don't do as well. This linebacker by committee, I think that is most likely what you'll see. Outside of Darius Leonard, Lou, Indy didn't have the greatest linebacking core. They just had guys that played hard, and they had athletic players on the back end, and that's why I'm confident. If you could get good play out of two of these guys, you're looking okay. And if Singleton, what he did last year showed any promise, and he could carry that into this year. And what Wilson did in Minnesota and being familiar with the scheme, Davian Taylor, you hope he takes that step. Maybe even Jannard Avery does something for you at the will position. I think we keep talking about this law of averages at a lot of these positions. You're bound to hit on one or two of sure. these guys. And I believe in this new system where the linebackers aren't asked to do as much you are going to see success out of a few of them. If you look on our Twitter account, at Lockdown Birds, I put it up to a poll. Who will lead the Eagles in snaps at linebacker behind Wilson and Singleton? Of course, expecting those two to be the favorites for those top two in snaps. It looks like TJ Edwards is the favorite here, according to the listeners, at 41%, Davian Taylor at 37%, and Sean Bradley at 22%. We'll continue to get into the linebacker position, see maybe if they draft another guy, but Gino, it looks like they're pretty deep at this position right now with young prospects, and we'll see through what happens 
in 2021. Coming up next on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, BetOnline.ag, one of our favorite sponsors of the show. They came out with a lot of interesting draft props that me and Gino are going to dive into. So don't go anywhere. This is Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by RockAuto.com. One reason to repair and to maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or groceries. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, while RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. It's a family business that's been serving auto part customers online now for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Thursday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. After the show, get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Gino, let's dive into some, uh, we'll do, we'll have some fun here. We'll dive into some draft props from betonline.ag. And, you know, uh, I think you're a, you're a bet head for sure. And so I think you're going to have some fun with this one. Yeah. I mean, first off, bet responsibly and, uh, yes, don't be course, like me, but yes, this is definitely where I like to have some enjoyment when I watch games that aren't really up to snuff, you know, it makes you a little more interesting and, it, yeah, and it incentivizes a, watching more games for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and our friends at BetOnline.ag do a great job at it, and betting the draft something we talk about all the time. I mean, that's what you have to do when you make a bet. Do the research, put time into it, learn what's going on, find, feel out the scenario, and you and I, we've been doing it for how many months mm-hmm. now? So I feel like this is a perfect topic that if we're going to put some money down at BetOnline.ag, this is what we're doing it for. So, Gino, we've heard a couple insiders say that, I think it was Adam Schefter that said, somebody told him the draft starts at third overall, right? We know Trevor Lawrence Mm -hmm. is going to the Jaguars. We know Zach Wilson is going to be a New York Jet. But then the San Francisco 49ers, they move up from 12 to number three. You hear all this Mac Jones hype, but now you hear they're going to Justin Fields' pro day. It just makes more sense that they had Jimmy Garoppolo. They're trying to get a quarterback now to win because of, rather than just win with, right? So Mac Jones, I guess, is the favorite right now, uh, according to betonline.ag but at the same time for me like Justin Fields is second here with five to one and then Trey Lance 13 to four I mean I would still say that Justin Fields should probably be the pick and maybe people think Mac Jones is the favorite right now but I don't know I think Lance with those odds is the best bet and I think it makes sense if they're going to keep Garoppolo that you go with the guy maybe with the most upside in Lance who's also the most raw though he's only played 19 games in his college career Maybe you go with Lance, and I just think with the odds, the combination of odds and likelihood, I think Lance might be the bet there. That's what I said today. I, I went through this list, and I said my three of my favorite picks, and the odds actually got better if you're in favor of Lance here. They are at plus 550 right now, so yeah. that means if you put $100 down, you win 550 And the news that uh, Justin Fields is throwing again is huge, but mm-hmm. Trey Lance, he's kind of the one that – where there's smoke, there's fire, but at the same time, you have to let the the clouds kind of go by and see where the dust settles. 
and you haven't heard much about the Niners and Trey Lance. It's mm-hmm. kind of been Justin Fields and Mac Jones, primarily you know what's interesting Mac Jones. Too? You know what's interesting is that Kyle Shanahan, after the trade, when he was at Mac Jones' pro day, he said they had kind of had to hide before the trade to show not, not to show their mm-hmm. hand. And that's why, though, they weren't at Trey Lance's pro day. So to me, although there hasn't been a lot of hype with Lance to San Fran, that kind of is like, okay, yes, they're at Mac Jones' pro day. They're going to see Fields throw, but them kind of having to be sneaky about it might mean they were interested in Lance because he had the first pro day of the three. Definitely so. Just and saying. when you're looking at bets like this, yeah. I mean, when you're looking at futures bets like who's going to win the NFC East, for example, or any of these divisions, you want to take those long shots, those guys that are more than plus 500. And Trey Lance, I think he fits what San Francisco wants. He fits the tools aspect. Mm-hmm. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo there. They only have signed Nate Sudfeld, so I mean, there's not much there outside of are you going to let Jimmy G play another year? And if so, Trey Lance is the guy to come in and throw him behind there. Or if you draft Mac Jones, you're playing Mac Jones. I'm also a believer in having a quarterback learn on the field, and to me, I think it might be irresponsible for Trey Lance, who barely played at all last year. Like, do you want the kid Mm. not playing for two straight years? So even if Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't there, I might still take this bet for Trey Lance because I think Kyle Shanahan's offense is so QB-friendly, and they have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and good running backs. I think Lance could do okay playing in his rookie year. So we both agreed that taking Lance there might be the best bet. Let's flip sides of the field here. Let's talk about defense. I like this one from betonline.ag. The first defensive player picked in the 2021 NFL Draft, the top five leaderboard here. Patrick Sertan has the best odds here, the cornerback out of Alabama. Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons is second. Cornerback from South Carolina, J.C. Horn, third. Quiddy Pae, the Michigan defensive end, at four. And then Jalen Phillips, the Miami edge rusher at five so who is the bet for you there based on odds and also just actual likelihood so i said odds wise i think jc horn at plus 375 Mm -hmm. is pretty good Uh, i believe a lot of teams like him just not the philadelphia eagles but at the same time you have to look at who is ahead of philly right now i don't think we obviously know jacksonville isn't going (laughs) defense for sure Mm -hmm. the jets 49ers, Falcons, no way. Bengals, no the top way. Seven Dolphins. might be all offense, no. honestly. Yeah. The, Carolina's I mean, where you start looking at it. Now they have Sam Darnold. Corner, I, I kind of like the JC Horn pick for you. Yeah, I, I think corner there, or I, I don't see Carolina taking an edge rusher. I don't see the Broncos taking an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. The only team I could see taking an edge rusher might be the Cowboys. And I could see the Giants. Giants. Quiddy Pie is such a David Gettleman pick. Yeah, Quiddy <laughs> Pie would be a Gettleman pick, but then Jalen yeah. Phillips, the raw athleticism of him out of Miami sure. at plus, uh, what? He's 1,100. 11 to 1. Yeah. Yeah, 11 to 1 right now. I mean, that might be good bet because he has all those freak athleticism traits. And if Kyle Pitts is gone, I think the Cowboys look towards defense. If it's not J.C. Horn, I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like Jalen Phillips, how he tested. If a team falls in love with that raw athleticism and yeah. at plus eleven hundred, whoo, yeah, that's that's pretty good. So we agree again. I I'm looking at Carolina there at eight as the mm-hmm. first defensive player likely to go. It could be Penny Sewell though. There maybe Penny Sewell falls. Let's say the Bengals take Jamar Chase and the Dolphins take Kyle Pitts. I can see the Panthers taking a lineman. But no matter what, I feel like cornerback either Sertain here, but I like Horn just based on the odds as well. A combination yeah. of his position and the odds. 
I think when you look at the Panthers, you look at the Broncos at nine, those four picks in a row, the Cowboys and the Giants, they could all really likely take a corner. So Horn or Sertain might yeah, be the I mean, best pick. Keep, uh, keep Horn in Carolina. Yeah. Just make right. him go one state up. I mean, that's a pretty smart pick. They need guys. They didn't re-sign Rasul Douglas. They, uh, they just brought in A.J. Boye, if I'm not mistaken. But they did. Still, yep. he's on the wrong side of 30. So right. you're going to need a guy. I wouldn't be shocked if J.C. Horn is that the first guy taken, Lou. I, I don't think Sertan mm-hmm. is a, a certain, I mean, no pun intended, a certain pick there. And Micah Parsons is off the field issues. We could see a slide. He could slide, man. I really yeah. think he could. Like, no plane in 2020 and these off-field issues, I think right. he could be the guy that really does slide. But again, though, you do look at Gettleman. If, if he takes Quiddy Pye right. or Mika Parsons, I'm not going to bat an eye. So, I mean, Wouldn't we saw it nine. when we did our live show a couple years ago. Who did he take the defensive tackle from Clemson? <laughs> t- uh, Dexter Daniel Lawrence? Daniel Jones no, and I'm Dexter sorry. Lawrence. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> when Josh Allen draft. and Brian Burns were on the board. Yep. Let's go back to offense here. I really like this one. We talk about wide receiver a lot. Gino, wide receivers drafted in the first round. The over-under is at four and a half. I think you hammer that over. I think you hammer the over, too. Does Kyle like, Pitts I saw count? That wait, wait, wait. Does Kyle Pitts count here? What are we talking about with only four and a half yeah. receivers? Does Kyle can... Pitts count? Uh, no? no, I don't think he will. Mm, um, okay. But I'm saying four and a half. You have Jamar Chase, yep. Devonta Smith, Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle within the top 15. Guaranteed. I guarantee. There's talk, and I always say, this was my big thing before I deleted my old Twitter. I always would quote Jim Nagy when he got insider information. I always said, when Jim Nagy talks, you listen. And he said that he would believe that some teams have Rashad Bateman as their number one wide receiver. Wow. I mean, that, that's crazy. <laughs> it, it's crazy. But to me, it just goes to show that teams are going to fall in love with the different skill sets of these wide receivers. Sure. We could see seven wide receivers taken, dude. I, I really think we could. I, I mean, think it's going to be. I mean, you, you, Moore could be taken mm-hmm, in the first yep. round. Rashad Elijah Bateman, Moore, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a team could fall in love with. I think Elijah Moore. I mean, if you knew about who he was, you knew before this big draft hype that he has been coming up the boards pretty well. If a team falls in love with him or Terrace Marshall or Kadarius Tony Lou, any of those guys could be. Yeah, there first might be round. seven, eight plus receivers taken in this first round. I really think it's going to be offensive heavy, and yep. if teams need wide receivers, especially like a team on the, the second way around, Lou, like a team that has Trevor Lawrence as their first overall pick. Or Zach Wilson. Back around, or Zach Wilson, a team like the Jets and the Jaguars, who both have two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. You're not just looking at the top 15 Right here, Lou, you're talking about that second tier. Like, it would make all the sense in the world. Look at the Green Bay for, Packers. Maybe they'll finally yeah. take a receiver for Aaron Rodgers in round one. I could see Kadarius Tony being a pick. Like, the Baltimore Ravens Ooh, are the, down there, too. The Jets They're not taking gonna... Kadarius Tony right. to match up with Denzel Mims to have a big bodied wide receiver, and then you have your athleticism in Kadarius Tony. I mean, is while Baltimore going in with uh, Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins? I don't know. I feel like they could take one, too. I think I have to put that bet in right now. Like, this yeah, just seems. That's a great good. bet. Hammer the over for that one. Gino, you mentioned this is going to be offense heavy. One of their bets here, total offensive players drafted in the first round and defense. Right now, the over-under on offense is 17 and a half. Uh, overall for defense is 14 and a half. So I actually did a predictive mock draft before this because I kind of wanted to see for myself what I think. Mm-hmm. I had 18 offensive players off the board, and that was without Mac Jones. So it could be 19 and Ooh, 14 no, for defensive. Sure. So I'd probably go over on offense at 17 and a half and under at 14 and a half for defense. Yeah, so 17 and a half, let's do the math right now. So you need to get to 18. Right. You have five 
quarterbacks 100% right. are going in the first round. I right. Mean, I didn't even have I didn't even have Mac Jones and I got to 18. So yeah. So we're at five right now. Mm-hmm. You have Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Kyle Pitts. That's four additional That's right nine. there. So we're already at nine. Rashad we Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Both Penny possible. Sewell and Rashawn Slater, so we're at 12. Yep. There's a chance that um, Elijah Vera Tucker could mm-hmm. go in the first round as well. You so know at least a couple more receivers are going, probably two or three, so we're already at like 16. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm, I'm then, hammering the over. <laughs> then there's a chance a team takes a guy like, I think Javonta Williams could be the first back taken. Sure, right. We didn't even talk running backs. It could be Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, and Javonte Williams. Yeah, out of out of any year that we've talked about like backs going in the first round, Lou, like I think this is the first time we could see multiple go in the first sure. round. Like a team like Buffalo, what is their only need right now? Right. I would say tight end and probably a big time running back that mm-hmm. could carry the load there. And you could see that literally on any of those teams at the back half of the draft could take one of those guys. And the same thing with offensive line. If a team loves Dylan Raddins or the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State, why can't I think of his I'm name? I'm drawing a blank. But, yeah, there's teams that have said mm-hmm. he's a top 15 pick. I mean, we're already at close to 20 at this point. So I'm on board with that any day of the week. All right, oh, so Tevin we're going to take Jenkins out of Oh, that's State. right. Yes, Tevin Jenkins. Um, we're going to take one more quick break here on Lockdown Eagles. When we come back, we'll get into some individual draft props. And guys, today's show, as we're talking about, is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but you got the draft, which we're talking about, the NBA and the NHL all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Thursday edition of Locked On Eagles, getting into some draft props brought to you by betonline.ag. Gino, we got into a lot of like draft overall, you know, props about like over-unders for receivers, offensive players taking defense, you know, the first defensive player off the board, the third overall pick, odds for Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance to San Francisco. I like the individual ones that I'm seeing here as well when it comes to like over under where certain prospects are going to fall. And the one I think is I'm really struggling with is Devonte Smith, because you could argue mm-hmm. that boom, he goes to Miami at number six. You pair Tua a backup with maybe his favorite target. I know he had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, but I think Tua loved Devonte more than anybody. And so you could also see the Lions taking him at seven. But if you told me he'd be there for the Eagles at 12, I wouldn't be surprised. And right now his over under is at 11 and a half. So I'm struggling with that one for sure. I'd probably go under, but man, that one's a kind of a toss up for me. That they did good here with those odds. Yeah, it's tough because you look at Jalen Waddle's numbers and it looks that Devonta also Smith at 11 and, and Jalen yeah. yeah, they're both at eleven and a half. So I guess it just depends on who you think is gonna go first. Vegas is favoriting just slightly minus one sixty over minus one forty for Devonta Smith. Mm. Just slightly the favorite. Oof. And that's the thing. I mean, you could either flip flop either one of those two taken, and the the sweet spot is Philly, and they know that that eleven yep, and a half. That's why, yeah, because for sure. Once it gets to twelve, one of those guys is going to get selected. Good point. Good point. That that's the sweet spot, and that's why I saw eleven and a half. I go look at they're going at Philly. Yep. The other one at eleven and a half, Lou. That is kind of strange to me. Rashawn Slater. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why that is on the board. And I'm very You think that's too high? You think he'll go way earlier than that? I I mean, I'm just saying for the Philly part of it, if he gets to 12, I mean, that's they're saying what the sweet spot is. I had him going 13 to the Chargers in my predictive mock draft, so I could see it. I might actually take the over there, but, man, though Slater could go to the Broncos. It all depends on where Penny Sewell falls. He's at mm-hmm. five and a half, and I had him falling to nine to the Broncos. So if Penny Sewell falls inside, like, closer to the top ten than top five, then I think Slater dips as well. So, really, your Slater bet, I think, also depends on Penny Sewell, unless you think Slater's going ahead of Sewell, and I don't think that's the case. No, no way at all. And Penny Sewell, at five and a half, it's even both ways over or under. And the one who they have at five and a half as well as Kyle Pitts. Yep. It's so interesting to me that it surely is going to start at three. Like there's guys, it, the San Fran pick could be Mac Jones, could be Trey Lance, could be Justin Fields. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, who has any idea what Atlanta is going to do? I'm I know they so could move pleased. out. They could take a quarterback themselves or they could take Kyle Pitts. Atlanta, they I think, could. is the mystery pick in the top 10 for sure. It's going to be mayhem. Yeah. At that third pick. Like a couple of years ago when they said the draft started at three and I think it was the year we did the live show together. So two yep. years ago, who were the top two picks in that class? Uh, Kyler Murray and then yes. was it Bosa? And then I, did Cleland Farrell go three or was that four? No, Cleland went four. Oh, That's four. right. It started at four. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was wild. At that yeah, that was crazy. To this day, I can't believe that happened. And I liked Farrell a lot, but at four, that was insane. No, I, it, we could see the exact same thing happening, Lou. A team like Atlanta that needs edge rushing help, like what if they just reach for a guy like mm-hmm. Jalen Phillips or Quiddy Pie? Could, right. could it not happen? Have we not seen that before? Have I've learned Gino to not question. Itself? I've learned Gino to not question or think I know anything about the draft and totally be okay with and accept anything is on the table because I mean we've just learned too much every year that teams just everybody has their own strategy and anything can happen. Cleveland Farrell is a great example of that. I think this whole draft experiment with the with the bet online little mix up that we did right here was a yeah. perfect example to say that we know nothing. Like right. we might talk about this at the end of the day once the draft picks come in, the teams did way more research than we did. They know their team better. They know these guys better. And it just takes one team to throw this whole draft on their head. Like, I mean, Seattle team, always does it, but they don't have a first-round pick this year. Sometimes, you know, teams are maybe too smart for their own good, and they pick, you know, Jordan Brooks in the first round. <laughs> so right. I mean, but way. anything could happen, Lou, not just yeah. those top teams. Teams that, like a Patrick Mahomes-type move a couple years ago, where a team like KC, just out of the blue, in the late 20s, moves up and gets inside the top 20 of the class – a team like New England could do that, go from 15 to move into the top 10, change this whole thing. So you have to just look at what are the scenarios, what are the team needs, and what are the team fits when you're looking at these type mm-hmm. of bets. So like a, a Kyle Pitts bet, for example, the bet is five and a half. Does a team like Atlanta at four take him? There's a possibility. Does a team yeah. at five take him? I don't think Cincinnati does take him. But there's a clear possibility that he could be taken in Miami. So right. that's you can tell they're targeting the him at Miami there with that, yeah, five and a half. I really do think that that's the pick too. And you could kind of put together what Vegas knows, what you've heard from a lot of these insiders, and start to put the puzzle together. I was going to go before we got into this. Uh, we had to 
kind of move up the time here for uh, dinner. Uh, <laughs> what you, dinner, what do you call them? Obligations. Yes, sir. I was going to say allegations. Allegations for dinner. But no, dinner <laughs> obligations. So I was going to do some research and kind of start to put these pieces of the puzzle together. Like look at what Jim Nagy is hearing from people. And he says a guy like Christian Barrymore who we've never talked about on this show, the interior defensive lineman out of Alabama. Teams are saying he could be a top 15 selection. So just go through and kind of like do these exercises of where guys have been discussed of where they're going and what are the team needs. And that's how you make these selections. And that's all I'm going to say. Don't listen to Lure and I. We're yeah. not experts. We don't give you your money back. Bet online doesn't give you your money back. <laughs> make informed selections with as much information as possible. And that's what we're here to help you guys do. 100%. Hope you guys had a lot of fun with this show as me and Gino did. We'll be back tomorrow for episode five. Again, this is your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked on Eagles, five shows a week. Download it into your phone when you subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcast. And then we head on Twitter and we start talking about, about the birds right after at Locked on Birds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, at GC24 underscore football. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go birds. Fly Eagles, fly.